Yeah, I mean, you know, he's still on our roster. He's still uh, part of our team. He's still under contract with us. Um, he's a dynamic football player, so um, it um it hadn't really changed the math uh, there yet. But um, but you know, um, it is early, you know. So, um, but you know, it didn't really change. We just we kind of put Jameer uh in his own in his own separate box and just got really excited about the player. It didn't really have any bearing on of DeAndre. Jay, that doesn't sound good, does it? He said I'm about a hundred times. Uh classic. Typical Charlene. You didn't know um um what to um say, um, Frank. Um <laughs> Literally, I mean, I'm just happy I traded uh DeAndre Swift when I did. Got a big package from uh shout out at Charlene. Baker um, got it myself. Travis Etienne, twenty-five first-round pick, a twenty-five second-round pick, and I got AJ Dillon. How good's that? Yo, 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 what's good, what's good, Addicts Gang? Joel and Frank coming with you live just after draft day. The first round has concluded. Big day, exciting day for Ranked. How was your draft day? Uh, you know, it was good. It, it could have been better. I mean, I was probably just distracted from what I was supposed to be doing at work, to be honest. I was constantly looking at my phone, seeing how everyone was doing, making sure to uh, keep myself uh, fired up and, you know, looking at all the trades, looking at all the uh, draft picks coming in. Um, I noticed the first overall pick, I feel like sleep, I was like 10 minutes ahead of the TV when it came to announcing the first round pick and then uh, after that, they pretty much every other notification had that little spoiler bracket. I think a lot of people must hammered must have hammered them on Twitter. And they go, we'd better uh, make make amends there. Um, before we do get started, want to plug the socials. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts and on the Twitters at the FB Addicts. Um, incredibly good round one. Um, interesting landing spots for these offensive players. I mean, this is a fantasy football podcast after all. Not to hate on uh, the defense, important part of the game. We do love to watch a, a bit of good defense, um, only if it's like interceptions and fumbles and stuff like that. I mean, we hate low-scoring games. But uh, I think we're going to focus mostly on the offensive players, um, players that have moved around um, our draft boards, um, given their landing spots. So I think that is important. I think that's something we preach um, all the way leading up to the draft is landing spots are going to matter for some of these players. Obviously, others, I believe, talent transcends uh, landing spots. So I think it, um, it'll be good to get uh, into the nitty-gritty nitty, nitty gritty of each um, draft pick. Speaking of gritty, Joel, that should be a bit of a trigger word for you. I don't know if you've uh, mentioned this already, but there was a bit of a deal that went down during the week. No, I actually haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet. So, um, yeah, very good news. I am... Yeah, well, we we did the mock draft show, um, which we mainly just talked about the players, which um, we didn't do as good as last year, Frank. Let's put it that way. This was a you know confusing um, draft. We had a rich falling. We should have had Levis falling, but anyway, um, I am the new owner of one Justin Jefferson, which is um, very great news, and um, I am very happy um, to be, you know smiling when he hits the gritty Frank. I might have to, you know, learn how to do one myself and not look like um, Mike Gusecki when I do it. <laughs> oh, geez. Does, he's actually the worst. Like, he needs to be banned. <laughs> That'll be me next year, Frank. <laughs> I won't know, actually. Surely, you are, if you start winning games with uh, Jay Jetters, you got to start, you got to set up a little camera on the couch or something like that. And just whenever uh, he scores a touchdown, just hit us all with the gritty. I think that'd be uh, that'd be pretty funny. Um, what did you have to pay to get him? 
Because I know there's um, a bit of controversy in the chat, to be honest, and I probably was, you know, one of them. I was instigating a bit of um, negative feedback about the trade, but I'll, I'll let you explain, Joel. Um, so, Frank, we only have seven other, no, six other friends. So our main dynasty league is an eight-man dynasty league um, in which I traded away the third overall pick, the sixth overall pick, so the 103-106, the 201, which is the ninth overall pick, um, the 2-5, which would be the 13th overall pick, yes, and the 207, which would be the um, the 15th overall pick, or the 203 in a normal league. Um, and I acquired myself some Justin Jefferson and some Lamar Jackson, Frank, who got paid um, today as well. So big day for the franchise. Um Exciting times. Um, look, probably not as thrilled to give away the 106 um, and the or the 109 or the 201 in our league um, as I was today because some of these um, players got some nice landing spots, um, especially some of those first-round receivers, which we will talk about. But happy with um, getting Jefferson and Lamar Jackson onto my already stacked team. Yeah, I definitely think you got a good deal there, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, one could argue much of that trade package could be just for just one of those players as opposed to both. Um, but it is one of those deals that, you know, as time passes, they do start to possibly even out a little bit. Um, especially, like you said, the landing spots for some of these wide receivers is uh, very juicy, to say the least. Um, I think it, it reminds me a lot of, not to the same extent, but it reminds me a lot of the... Um, Jonathan Taylor trade I made early on um, in our dynasty league where I sent two first-round picks um, for Jonathan Taylor, and they, those picks ended up being the likes of Drake London and uh, Chris Olave. So, you know, these things that does change quickly in uh, dynasty fantasy football. So we'll wait and see what happens. But um, at this stage, I'm a little bit annoyed that I uh, wasn't on the receiving end of a Justin Jefferson trade, just just coming from a position of jealousy, Joel. Um, as far as this draft goes, though, round one in the books – we had three quarterbacks go in the first round. I think going into the day, everyone was pretty confident that we would see four. Um, let's just start with Will Levis, who has fallen out of the first round, um, much to our surprise. I think much to the surprise of apparently everyone except for all the NFL GMs in the entire NFL. Um, he's fallen outside of um, the first round. Do you think he's going to find a landing spot early on day two? Um, before we get into that topic, um, Will Levis, hot girlfriend, hot sisters, and a hot mum, Frank. Um, so you saying that if you were the GM, you would have taken him based off that information alone? Well, probably plays a part, but then like he eats bananas with the peel on and puts mayonnaise in his coffee. So that's what's getting down. That's hunt. That's got to be that. That's insane. Maybe, yeah, he might be a bit weird. We don't know. I don't know Will Levis personally. Um, but, yeah, you'd have to think he finds a home um, soon. Um, you know, maybe a team. Um, look, at this like at this point of the draft, you can take him as a backup quarterback and you don't really feel awful about it, I guess. Um, you know, round three backup quarterback isn't awful, Frank. Yeah, I'm looking at like the top of round two, let's say, and like I don't know what these players once they have a habit of falling out of the first round. Like we saw it with Malik Willis last year, where he fell out of the first round and then he just tumbled to the fourth. And these those quarterbacks last year, I'm not saying that he's. I would imagine he's a, a better prospect than you know Will the Will Levises and Matt Corrales of last year. Um, but we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at 32, the Cardinals at 33. I think we can be pretty confident that he's not going to be taken there. Detroit at pick 34, you never know. I mean, they seem all the indications coming out of Detroit camp is that they're happy with Jared Goff. But um, I think if someone like that who was expected to go high in the first round falls to you that far, it's possibly an option. Los Angeles Rams, who haven't had a lot of high draft capital for a very long time, are sitting there at pick 36 with obviously a limited runway with Matthew Stafford and where he is at, his, um, at this point in his career. 
Seattle Seahawks, I think with the draft pick of JSN, I think they are pretty well all in on Geno Smith, so I don't think he'll go there. Las Vegas Raiders, pick 38. Very interesting. Tennessee Titans, pick 41. I don't know if he makes it through those sort of teams, but if the thing is with these guys, if you're out on a quarterback, you're not going to be spending a second-round draft pick capital. So in on Will Levis, he'd probably already be gone in the first round, um, taken by those same teams. So it will be interesting to see what happens uh, with Will Levis. Um, as far as the quarterbacks that did get selected in the first round, I'm not too surprised to see Bryce Young um, go first overall. He was my quarterback one um, heading into the draft. I'm glad I'd like to be proven right. Um, there's lots of memes going around and TikToks of people cashing Bryce Young, you know, minus 500 bets um, with like $10 and they won like two cents. It's like the ongoing joke now. Um, it was probably the worst kept secret um, as far as Carolina Panthers taking Bryce Young. Nice landing spot for a young quarterback. I think they have some very mediocre weapons, but the veteran presence of Adam Thielen, um, they've also got another, you know, DJ Chark, they've signed there as well. Obviously, they're not done um, in the draft are coming up over the next couple of days. Um, you know, I don't really rate LaVisca Chanel or Terrence Marshall, but they're two young players that could contribute as well. Um, I think they're going to, you know, rely on the run game quite a bit, but they're trying to just build a team around Bryce Young. Going to have a good defense, hopefully put them in some short fields as well. What did you think of the Bryce Young pick, Joel? Yeah, it was um, pretty much consensus from at least a week and a half out that it was going to be him and we all knew it was going to be him. Um, yeah, they probably lack weapons, but I think the coaching staff that surrounds him, I think they mentioned on the broadcast of how good it is and um, going to be a lot of knowledgeable people in that room to help Bryce Young. So, um, look, it's better than the spot we were expecting the Panthers to be immediately after the DJ Moore trade. Yeah, I think uh, they'd, be, they'd be pretty happy. I think, um, obviously, DJ Moore, not a player you wanted to give up uh, lightly, but going up to get who you believe is a franchise quarterback is a decision that, you know, any franchise any franchise has to make at times. So I don't hate the pick of Bryce Young there. Um, speaking of having smart minds around to mentor a, mentor a player, mentor a quarterback, Houston Texans, CJ Stroud, might need some smart players, smart people around CJ Stroud by all indications, man didn't do well on the, what was it, intellectual test or some sort of problem solving. Um, don't know if it's a measure of how you play quarterback, but apparently CJ Stroud, an idiot, according to this test. Doesn't matter, though. Pick two, Houston Texans, they've got their franchise quarterback. Um, I think you'll be pretty excited as a Houston fan after they traded up and got Will Anderson as well. Um did have to give up a first-round pick next year. But, you know, go, go get your guys. I don't hate it. Um, what did you think of C.J. Stroud to Houston? I imagine they'll add some more weapons later in the draft as well. But good offensive line. They've got a running game. I think I believe in that new, their new coaching highs. D'Amico Ryan seems like a seems like a good coach. We'll wait and see. That obviously remains to be seen. But don't, don't hate the landing spot for him, Joel. This is my least favorite. Um, landing spot of the quarterbacks. Um, they lack talent on every other offensive position on the board for my, um, you know, they have poor weapons. They don't have a tight end. They don't really have a great offensive line. They have Damian Pierce. Uh, and Damian now they've traded. A, he, he's fine. He's fine. He's just not great. Um, and how does that help CJ Stroud score fantasy points? Um, and they gave away their first round pick next year to get him. So I don't uh, not to get him, but to get Will Anderson um, the following pick. Just seemed like a bit of an overpay, um, which was really unnecessary. They could have just taken a you know another defensive piece at twelve, held on to their first round pick next year, which will likely be high. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't like the move. They also gave away the um, their second round pick as well, Frank, to also provide some depth to that team, which is lacking depth. Um, yeah, I don't think CJ Stroud's going to have the 
the weapons around him to support a high ceiling in fantasy at least for the next or oh, few years until that team can you know sort of rebuild and reform itself. Yeah, I, I do get what you're saying, but you know this is something that you know you look very you might look very silly in a year's time. And Will Anderson's you know one of the best defensive players in the NFL, and I think he does have that in the realm of possibility. Someone that I was you know really in on um, going into the draft, so. I do get it. Um, they're not having that second-round pick. Um, it's not nice, to be honest. There's obviously some wide receivers that are going to go in the second round that, you know, would be nice to add to a young quarterback. Um, I don't know. They must believe in the likes of Nico Collins and who was the guy that's um, coming back last year? Um, Mechie. Yeah, John Mechie as well. They must believe in those young guys. So um, be interesting to see what they can um, dish up next year. Pick four, Joel. I know your favorite pick of the draft. You loved it. You're excited about it. From what you told me before we got on air, your new 102, your new quarterback one of this rookie class, Anthony Richardson. Explain that to me, Joel, because I've still got Bryce Young as my number one quarterback in the draft. Um, Obviously, Anthony Richardson getting a nice bump. Top five draft capital. You love to see it. Yeah, like he's, you know, as we all know, athletic freak, um, just a, 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 an alien, if you will. Did you know he's um, fast? Did you know he's fast and he and jumps and he big arm and did you know he's fast? He's did you know he ran four? like a full four as a quarterback? Kind of crazy, Frank. Um, anyway, he, he's got the draft capital to match up with that, you know, athletic freakish ability that he does have. So it's kind of wheels up. And honestly, the Colts have some decent enough weapons. They didn't have to move anything to go get him. He fell right into their lap. Um, They've still got Mike Pittman. They have a good running game with Jonathan Taylor. That offensive line can hopefully bounce back and not have to, you know, protect a statue that was Matt Ryan. They, you know, offensive playbook really opens up for them now. Um, they get the coach that coached up Jalen Hurts. And, you know, honestly, Frank, if he can be even remotely as good as Jalen Hurts or they can do that, you know, the pushy thing, he'll be, you know, yeah, getting you first and, he'll be getting fourth and ones all the time, Frank. So, um, yeah, how are you ranking these three quarterbacks that likely probably go 102, 103, 104 in most – in most upcoming drafts coming up, Frank, how are you playing it? I've still got Bryce Young as my quarterback one. Like I said earlier, he was my quarterback one heading into the draft, number one pick overall. Um, we obviously found out that that was going to be the Carolina Panthers um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, still my 101, Anthony Richardson getting top five draft capital. Um, I'm pretty confident in saying that I'll have him ahead of CJ Stroud. Um, and then CJ Stroud, you know, being my quarterback three, um, wouldn't be upset about it. If you're getting CJ Stroud at the 104, um, I think you can leave your rookie drafts uh, still very happy. There was always going to be one of these quarterbacks landing in Houston and they were going to be the one that gets the bump down. Um, so I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm surprised about what's happened today. Yeah, I would just take them with Anthony Richardson, then Bryce Young, then CJ Stroud. I think that's how I would take them and... I don't know. Obviously, we're only slightly in disagreement, but I think that is, you know, that's the quarterbacks and they've all got the extremely high draft capital to matter in um, everyone's super flex drafts coming up. Frank, you want to go running back or wide receiver next? I think that we should go with the uh, the players that were taken earlier on the board, Joel. It was running back frenzy in the 2023 NFL draft. We saw two in the one, top twelve. Two top twelve running backs. When was the last time that happened was what? Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey, was it? That was the same draft, I think. Yeah, it would have to be going back that far, wouldn't it? Oh, just incredible. You love to see it. Um, bring back yeah. the running game. Bring back the three down back with fantasy players at heart. We love to see it. Um, let's get started with a player very close to your heart, Joel. B. John Robinson. It came out, what, a couple of days ago that rumors of the Atlanta Falcons taking at eight really started to pick up. Um, we didn't, you know, get too much. There wasn't that much noise about where B. John Robinson was going to go, to be honest. There's obviously a few teams 
um, that on paper had openings at the running back position that you felt like were in the B. John Robertson sweets, sweet stakes. Um, but there wasn't really a team that emerged as a favorite and that was going to take it until a couple of days ago. Atlanta Falcons heated up, pick eight. That's exactly how it went on draft day. A team that ran the ball incredibly efficiently last year with what I would describe as average talent. Um, they certainly don't have average talent in the backfield now. B. John Robinson is a Falcon, joins the likes of Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Got some really good young weapons over there in Atlanta. Um, if only they'd traded uh, some picks for Lamar Jackson, but who knows? I don't know anything. I suppose they would have had to give up this pick um, to get Lamar Jackson as well. So B. John Robinson to Atlanta, what do you think, Joel? Yeah, it's probably a terrible real-life pick, but um, as far as fantasy goes, it has to be wheels up, doesn't it? Arthur Smith um, loves him the running back, loves to run the football. Um, the Falcons last year were 31st in pass rate over expectation last year. They love to run the ball. They hate passing. I think with Desmond Ritter, they're probably still going to hate passing. Um, and it's going to be Bijan Robinson doing the large majority of that work on the ground. Can catch passes too, so don't be scared of that. Um, yeah, and if Desmond Ritter actually is not shit, Frank, um, this offense could be anything with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson as a real big triple threat um, offensive trio. So. Exciting times for Falcons fans, I guess, in a really bad division. But, I mean, you still need Desmond Ritter to be good. But you've got pieces there to help him. So, yeah, it's good for Bijan. And obviously, the you know, eighth overall pick, just a bit of a cherry on the top, even on top of what was already a good landing spot, just for him to get that capital um, is really good for his prospect. Yeah, I don't know about Desmond Ritter being good, but... Um, does it worry you that the Atlanta Falcons are so heavily invested obviously in the running back position they obviously were incredibly run heavy last year the only reason they weren't regarded one of the most run heavy teams in history was because of what the Chicago Bears did last year Um, in any other year they would be considered just extraordinarily um, high run rate Um, but as a Drake London owner their commitment to the run looks incredibly clear Um, and obviously with the um, addition of Arthur Smith as well, they look committed to the run game. Does that worry you at all? I mean, if you're a Kyle Pitts owner as well, um, as having these passing weapons, they got, you know, I feel like the upside of those players is really capped right now for a couple of players that I think are really talented. Um, potentially, but the passing attack is so um, concentrated between two players anyway that the, the the higher target share makes up for the lack of overall targets, um, in my opinion. I think Drake London had something like a 30% target share as a rookie. So the fact he's earning so many targets, um, and I think that number was even higher with Desmond Ritter later in the year. So I think he will get the, uh, the so many of the so few targets that it will balance itself out. Yeah, I tend to agree with that um, as well. And the overall, like, hopefully the overall improvement of the offense in general with Bijan Robinson, hopefully being just awesome, um, also keeps drives going um, and just we see better offensive efficiency in general. Before we jump off of Bijan Robinson and off to the next running back, will he beat out Tyler Allergier in training camp? Yes or no? Uh, if you ask Dylan Lawrence, maybe. If you ask normal people, um, he already did when they read his name out. <laughs> I tend to agree with that as well, Joel. Just wanted to clear that up. Um, a surprise pick, and uh, if you call it the intro as well, something that uh, we had a look at what the GM of this team had to say um, about their running back room. The Detroit Lions have added running back Jameer Gibbs with the 12th overall pick. Um, I was genuinely surprised when this pick came in. I thought, I wonder who the Lions are going out to pick. Like, you know, could it have been Will Levis? Could it have been, you know, possibly a defensive piece to add to that unit as well? Um, They've gone and added a running back after 
they took DeAndre Swift a few years ago, what, three years ago now in the first round, um, albeit the late first round or early second, might have been. Um, and then they've given David Montgomery kind of contract that they did that sort of ties into their for the next two years. And then investing again in the running back position. I mean, I think Jameer Gibbs is a great prospect. And the fact that he got draft capital at pick 12, um, I think that, you know, regardless of the pieces that are already there, um, I think that's a huge bump for Jameer Gibbs, to be honest, and an offense that was incredibly efficient last year. Um, but just an interesting pick, just one that surprised me. I don't think it's a bad landing spot. Um, I know there were some others that we'd spoken to um, in our sort of friend, uh, friendship group as well, Joel, that weren't incredibly keen on the landing spot um, under the belief that the likes of DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery are going to limit the upside of Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is probably never someone that was going to get 80% of the snap share. He was never going to be a 20-carrier-game guy. Um, but I think being an efficient offense, he can carve out a role, obviously on th- obviously on third downs, and obviously um, when they split him out wide as well, wouldn't be surprised to see them run a lot of two running back sets as well. Um, even you know with even even with um, Jameer Gibbs being split out wide, um, running routes for Jared Goff, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. Um, but I think the fact, yeah, the fact that he's gone twelfth overall is an overall positive for Jameer Gibbs and his uh, rookie draft value. Yeah, um, so well, I'll, t- I'll I'll read through the conversation that um, myself and Charlie have had um, while the draft was on. Uh, he said, "Yeah, Gibbs' landing spot is trash, though." All three are dead IMO in relation to Swift, Monty, and Gibbs. And I said, how can you be upset that he got drafted 12 overall to a team with a great offense with an awesome O-line and a QB that throws to running backs with Swift likely not on the team in 2024? Um, I think it's a good landing spot for Gibbs. Um, He's going to catch pretty much all the passing work um, from Jared Goff. The offense is awesome. They have an offensive line that's really good. Frank, I yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not all the way in on Jameer Gibbs, but I, his value definitely hasn't lowered um, at all post-draft. Yeah, I just think he's a good player. I think the fact that he's been taken so high just means that the Detroit Lions have belief in him. They're not going to take him in the first round. And not use him. I think that's regardless of who's there. Um, you know, they could have Barry Sanders back there for all I care. They felt that the player that they could take in the first round today um, is better than what they already have and can make a contribution to their offense in a positive way. So I don't believe, um, I think it would be naive, naive of us to ignore that and just, you know, discount all three running backs, to be honest. Um, that rounded out the running backs in the first round, I think. Even the early second round, I don't know if do you expect many more running backs to go off in the early second round? I think we might get one in the late second, and then I think we we'll probably get, you know, another two or three in the third round. I think possibly that fourth, fifth round area, there's a lot of guys that I could see coming off the board. Um, do you have any differing opinions about that as far as the running back position goes looking forward over the next couple of days? Yeah, it's an important day tomorrow for like your late back-end first-round picks and your second-round picks in Dynasty um, rookie drafts. Um, probably looking for hopefully oh, hopefully four running backs um, to go days two and three of the draft, not like four and four, but just like hopefully four in general. Hopefully we see as uh, Zach Charbonnet, um a, you know, maybe a Tank Bigsby, a Devon A-Chain, a Tajay Spears, Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller. Um, hopefully that sort of range of running back is getting this draft capital in on the second day of the draft. So, um, yeah, big day for the position and a big day for, um, you know, that those players that can, you know, really bump up the second round picks in your dynasty um, rookie drafts. But yeah, I, I I don't know, Frank. I hope I'm hoping that most of them get taken in day two, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I'm sitting there with the 206 in our league, um, currently the 14th overall pick. Um, I'm looking for these running backs to get some, you know, day two capital. It'll be very nice. Um, just adds a few more players um to that 
crop of, um, you know, newly um, added rookies as well. So I think that would be really good, at least for that pick anyway. Um, wide receiver position. Went a little bit later than I expected, but once they came, Joel, they arrived and they came. It was Seattle Seahawks, 20th overall pick, taking my wide receiver one. I know we did a wide receiver show some time ago now, Joel. Um, I know your number one wide receiver was none other than Jordan Addison. He was the last wide receiver taken in the first round. Um, I had Jackson Smith and Jigba as the number one wide receiver. Um, props to many. Um, because what you got to do, guys, is actually just look at what he was doing when he was actually playing football. He was injured. That's fine. He's not going to be injured forever. And the Seattle Seahawks know that. They've added another weapon. They've given Geno Smith um, a real opportunity to, to you know, progress the, um, that offense um, and take that team to the next level. We saw them get shut down by the really good 49ers defense um, in the playoffs, and they like they basically said, we don't want that to happen again. We're going to get another weapon for him. Um, he's going to slide in alongside Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, obviously signaling towards, towards the end of Tyler Lockett's time in Seattle, um, obviously getting up there in age. I believe he's someone they'll probably keep around for the long term anyway, but obviously that um, role of his made will diminish over time with JSN added there. Um, as far as rookie upside, I think he is limited because they have those established weapons there and because Geno Smith, as good as he was last year, he's not someone that's going to throw for 35, 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards like someone like Patrick Mahomes, you know, like to Josh Allen, things like that. Um, but again, really nice fit. I think talent is going to show shine through um, regardless. Yeah, so good draft capital for Jackson Smith and Jigba Frank. Um, I think, I mean, I guess if you're expecting him to go, you know, I think everyone sort of thought, thought or knew this wide receiver class was a little bit worse, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah, than really previous lack of a better years. word. Yeah, was um, poorer was probably a better word, but um, than previous years. So probably wasn't expecting to wide receiver position to get the recognition it has gotten the previous years. So the fall to the twenties for these receivers didn't really shock me, um, but I think they all landed in really good um, in good spots with good quarterbacks. So um, I think it'll work out quite well for the four wide receivers who we'll talk about with Jackson Smith and Yuba highlighting the highlighting the four. So like you said, you alluded to four. Um, the next one off the board was to your darling, Dustin Herbert, getting himself a new toy. Um I'll let you um, say what you reckon as far as Justin Herbert getting a new toy. Um, I think it's a great landing spot. Um, I'm sure you probably think the same. Um, someone who I really liked going in, I comped him to someone that's um, got a similar physique to someone like DK Metcalf, who we've seen, you know, dominate the NFL at the next level. Um, doesn't really, probably doesn't contest the catch or high point the ball like DK Metcalf, even though he has the physical tools. But someone who coming into the NFL game, I think it's far more polished as a route runner, um, a much smoother um, athlete in my opinion. So getting him to someone with a cannon like Justin Herbert, I think it's going to be uh, really fun to watch, possibly even from day one, Joel. You've got to be very excited about that and probably a little bit upset. You won't have a chance to select him in the rookie draft at this, at this stage. You know, time can, things can change. You might be able to get back in, Joel. Who knows? Um, yeah, maybe. Um, we'll get into where we where we predict these rookies to go in a rookie draft um, shortly. But um, yeah, I think Andrew um, immediately after he got drafted um, immediately sent in wide receiver one to our group chat. So um, he must be very high on one Quinton Johnston. But um, you know, it's just a really good spot. Um, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, aging. Um, they probably need outside help. Um, a bit of speed, which QJ also provides. He's just um, hopefully can just sort of blend into like a Mike Williams light kind of role, like maybe Mike Williams, but but fast. They just love speed. 
That's that's one yeah, well, thing last year. They just did not have speed at the wide receiver position. Hopefully just get the Justin Herbert average depth of target past like four yards, the past the line of scrimmage would be nice. So um yeah, but a really good um good for Justin Herbert to get a weapon, um, good for the offense in general. Um I think it sort of helps out everyone, I guess, except for, you know, your Josh Palmers, your DeAndre Carters of the world who are just um dead. They won't see the field anymore. Um presuming Mike Williams and Keenan Allen um, you know, when they inevitably get hurt in week four, um, you know, they'll will they'll get an opportunity then. Hey, that's uncalled for, right? Um Keenan Allen's gonna stay healthy. It's Mike Williams that's gonna be injured this time, okay? Um yeah, no, one of them's gonna get hurt. Oh, you can bank <laughs> on one of them, you know, you just don't know which one, to be honest. Um <laughs> the very next pick, the Baltimore Ravens, after securing and delivering an almighty bag of money to Lamar Jackson. Um, obviously, earlier this week, went out and signed none other than Odell Beckham Jr., um, someone who's passed it, washed, an old wide receiver, have now got him a shiny new toy in Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College, um, someone who I really liked going to the draft, someone who not only probably, I'm trying to think when we did that wide receiver episode, Joel, it would be possibly a month ago. Someone who wasn't getting – it was prior to the um, combine, I even think. We were talking about Zay Flowers being, you know, one of these sleeper-wide receivers you might be able to get at the back end of your rookie draft in the first round, early second round. Um, you're definitely not going to be able to get him in the uh, in the late first round. He's going to be going up, you know, that 107, 108 range, even in super flex drafts. Um, not getting a discount on Zay Flowers, someone that the uh, community is, you know, really in on. Um, and someone that the NFL is now really in on. Um, they've added him to a wide receiver room that's probably the best wide receiver room Lamar Jackson's had in his career. Um, don't want to, you know, pump the tires on Odell Beckham too much. Um, Rashad Bateman's obviously been disappointed in his first two seasons, been riddled with injuries. Um, good to see him get back, another former first-round wide receiver. Um, Dave Flowers, someone who incredibly fast, Incredibly agile, um, moves very flu with a lot of fluidity. Um, and I think it's someone that's going to be able to get open to Lamar Jackson and, and give them that X factor um, on offense. Someone that reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson's former teammate, Hollywood Brown. Um, and Minnesota, uh, not Minnesota, Baltimore making a few strange moves. I, I like them adding a wide receiver, but you know, I was never a fan of them moving on from Hollywood Brown to begin with anyway. So, We'll see what happens there. Lamar Jackson gets another weapon. He gets a bump up. Um, and Zay Flowers landing in Baltimore. It's not a bad location. There was obviously some other landing spots he could have gone to. You know, if he fell to, fell to you know, Kansas City um, later in the draft, that may have been a better landing spot. But, you know, you can't be upset about this either, I don't think. Um, Zay Flowers, I know someone you weren't completely bought into as much as I was um, heading into the draft, but he obviously gained a lot of traction um, heading into today. And we've seen him go in the first round. Yeah, not a – like the Ravens have obviously changed OCs. Um, Todd Monken probably can't be – I don't think he could be more boring than Greg Roman if he tried to be as boring as Greg Roman. So hopefully the offense will see a bit more of a uptick in just overall offensive efficiency, passing, play calling, everything. Um, and I think, say, Flowers will help to do that. I'm not sure whether he can help enough to, you know, be super fantasy relevant early, especially with, you know, Lamar Jackson's rushing work. Um, Odell Beckham maybe being back, maybe not being back. We don't really know. Um, And Rashad Bateman back too. But if the other two aforementioned wide receivers can't get back on the field, which would shock absolutely no one, um, Zay Flowers can play a really important part of this offense um, as a differing option with Mark Andrews. So um, I think it's a good landing spot. Obviously good that, you know, to pair him with Lamar, who will be there for the next five years, Zay, contract, uh, Zay Flowers can be under contract too. So, you know, the two could form a connection, Frank. So I think it's good for Zay Flowers, good for Baltimore, good for Lamar Jackson. Good day to be a Ravens person, Frank. Yeah, I mean, it would. Uh, to be honest, I couldn't think of anything worse than being a Ravens fan over the last few months. Being concerned that you know the 
only good quarterback you've had in such a long time. And I'm going to, you know, give Joe Flacco a stray as well because he was never that good of a quarterback. I mean, props to him for winning a Super Bowl. But he was never actually good. And you almost lost, you know, the only good quarterback you've had in the last, like, 20 years. Um, forgive me if I've just slandered some legendary quarterback that I've forgotten about, but that's fine. Um, yeah, you'd just be sweating the whole time, and the fact that now he's signed and he's got another weapon, you just you got to be pretty happy, pretty relaxed, um, and enjoying the offseason as we head into another season where you would imagine with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, they're going to be a very competitive team as well. Um, speaking of a team that was really competitive last year, obviously came up um, short come playoff time, um, have added another weapon. Um, we, I don't know if we explicitly mentioned, but you know these wide receivers went off one after another, 21, 22, 23, and pick 24. Sorry, not pick 24. 21, 22. Gee, I've really stuffed this up, Joel. 20. It started at 20, ended at 23. Let's just end it there. I'm not going to repeat those numbers again. Jordan Addison, your number one wide receiver. I mean, some time ago, I'm not going to hold you to that, even though I'm going to keep bringing it up because I was right and you were wrong. Um, Jordan Addison, wide receiver, goes to the Minnesota Vikings. Really nice landing spot. Um, we've obviously seen Kirk Cousins. He's not an elite quarterback, but we've seen him um, be able to maintain elite wide receiver output. Um, and two of them, he's been able to sustain, you know, two top 12 receivers. Um, I believe he did it a couple times, or at least they were very close to it with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen there at that time. Um, and I believe he's going to be able to do that again with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison here. Not to put pressure on Jordan Addison to be a top 12 receiver from day one, um, but he's definitely going to get enough volume. Um, we saw the targets from Adam Thielen, targets to KJ Osborne and some other names um, on the Minnesota Vikings. So there's definitely going to be enough volume for him to be efficient, uh, to be proficient um, from day one. So landing there is really nice, to be honest, and I think he, he fits in well, kind of in that um, Justin Jefferson mould where they're just incredibly good route runners. They've got the speed, they're fast enough, but they're just you know really well-rounded players. Um, obviously, Jed is in another planet, but, you know, we'll wait, we'll wait and see what Jordan Addison can do at the next level. Um, do you like the landing spot, Joel? Do you like the pick? Yeah, I like the pick and I like the landing spot. Um, I think they really lacked um, offensive weapons um, in general, despite getting TJ Hawkinson um, towards the end of last season. Um, Kirk Cousins, obviously, is a average to above-average quarterback. So, you know, it's good to have wide receivers who, you know, catch passes from average to above average quarterbacks, Frank. Um, Dalvin Cook probably will get less rushing volume this year. Minnesota probably want to turn into more of a passing attack. They obviously have the best wide receiver in the league. They have a top five tight end. Um, And now they have a really good wide receiver too to support more passing. I sort of, like, he's not as good as Devontae Smith, but it sort of just feels like he's going to be a really good, solid wide receiver too, despite being, you know, sort of undersized. I think he's good. he's just a good player, Frank, um, who's going to get the opportunity to show why he's good on, like, secondary, um, you know, second-string cornerbacks. Would and I kind of think it helps Justin Jefferson too. Like you can't really double team Jettas with Hawkinson, with Addison on the other side, um, and a decent enough rushing attack. Would you say that he's hashtag good at football? Um, I think so, but I'd like to, you know, before giving him the hashtag, um, maybe give him like, you know, eight to ten weeks as a rookie. Okay, eight to ten. You're really giving him a long runway here. Well, you know, took Justin Jefferson like three weeks to beat out. Who was he struggling to beat out? Someone. No, it was some real loser worse than that. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll give him a little bit, but I do believe he is quite talented. That's fair enough, Joel. Um, What I want to say is someone who owns Kirk Cousins, I'm pretty happy they landed Jordan Addison, to be honest. Um, We'll remain to be seeing what happens in round two and – I think a lot of people maybe expected uh, Will Levis to be taken by the Vikings here. Instead, they've gone out and given Kirk Cousins another wide receiver. Um, obviously, been lots of talk about Trey Lance being linked to the Minnesota Vikings as well. Maybe we see some day two picks traded. Um, I hope not to see it. 
Um, I'd like to see Kirk Cousins stick around there a little bit longer, especially with these good weapons. Um, that obviously remains to be seen. Um, as far as offensive weapons go, that rounds out the wide receiver position, the running back position, and the quarterback position. We did see one other offensive player go off the board in the first round, Joel, and it was none other than the Buffalo Bills trading up um, to get to number 25 and go and get what they believe will be their next version of Travis Kelsey. Not next version, but their version of Travis Kelsey. Dalton Kincaid. Um, for the longest time, it was Michael Mayer tied in one of this class, and it was Dalton Kincaid who inevitably, on day one of the NFL draft, was the first tight end taken off the board. Built up a lot of steam going into this uh, draft. I know a few other creators that I listen to and, you know, I, you know, find them relatively entertaining. Not as entertaining as the fantasy addicts, of course. Um, but had Dalton Kincaid, he was that was someone that they had, you know, inside their first round of a super flex rookie draft, which is a bold claim. Um, but now that they've been taken at number twenty-five overall by the Buffalo Bills, tied to none other than Josh Allen, I mean, they don't look too stupid anymore, do they, Joel? It is a juicy, juicy landing spot, isn't it? Um, and the Bills do lack pass-catching weapons, um, especially for those of us who aren't really big Gabe Davis people. Um, and, you know, Stefan Diggs kind of, you know, getting older. So it's exciting for um, Dalton Kincaid to get first-round capital and be tied to none other than Josh Allen. Um, Frank, in general... Um, Imagine playing in a non-tight end premium league. Where's the earliest you would take a tight end? Uh, the earliest, even in a non-tight end premium, so let's say it's our league, um, I would be willing to take them at take him at the at pick twelve, which would obviously be the what two hundred four in our league, and you know the one twelve in a standard twelve team. I, I could take him there. If you needed a tight I end, think, I would do it. I don't think I could. Like, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be looking at a tight end in general in a non tight end premium rookie draft until at least, oh, at least the pick 24. So, yeah, like, the third away. round. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And like I, I understand, he might be bump like that might be a generalized comment. Like it might bump up a little bit um, in this specific instance with Dalton Kincaid being you know attached to Josh Allen in the first round. Like you know that obviously matters and it helps. And he's a really talented pass catching tight end. Um, but yeah, in general, the whole position doesn't really excite me that much. Yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from, Joel. I just think that. It really comes down to what you believe of the prospect. If you believe that Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer, um, and even, you know, for that matter, even some, you know, second and third round, uh, sorry, second and third year tight ends um, that we've got, it, for me, it comes down to do you believe that they are going to be a difference maker at the position? Do you believe that Dalton Kincaid is going to be a top three tight end? Like, not even a top five, because you have guys that are, tight end four, tight end five, and they're really no different to the tight end seven, eight, nine. You know, there's a very minimal amount of points per game difference between those guys. Do you believe they're going to be someone on the level of, you know, in their peak of their powers, you know, it was Travis Kelsey, it was George Kittle, Mark Andrews, um, the year that Darren Waller had as well. You've got to believe that that is the output you're going to get um, as opposed to, you know, the output you get from Pat Frymuth or, you know, some of these other guys as well. Um and I think that Dalton Kincaid has that um, potential and has that upside in the Buffalo Bills offense. Yeah, agree. Like if you're not it, tight ends, really, if you're not top, if you're not high, high end, you are pretty irrelevant. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm willing to admit Dalton Kincaid got a really nice, had a nice round one um, for your Dalton Kincaid truthers. All right. Before we round out this episode, Joel, and it has been a pleasure, I do want to mention, um, I think a good way to finish it is quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I want you to give me just one, just so, so just one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver that hasn't been taken yet and where you would like them to land. 
going into day two, day three. Okay, so um, thanks for the um, – what's the one where you answer, ask a question without no, – a question without notice, that's the one I'm looking for. Um, so first of all, I'd be I'm looking keep you on for your toes, a, Well, hopefully for us running back truther people, um, Zachy Charbonnet can get drafted in the second round. So – between pick 30 and pick 62 or whatever we're up to with the weirdo Miami Dolphins crap. Um, and hopefully Zachy Sharps can go to none other than those Miami Dolphins. That would be um, optimal. Um, Am I allowed to say that you stole mine? That's what I was going to say. Was it? Yeah, well, uh, just any of those sort of round two teams with a really good offense and sort of a hole at um, a hole at running back. Um, you know, maybe a Cincinnati Bengals could take Zach Charbonnet. Um, who else is a really good team like that, Frank? Um, I'm looking at the second round. It'll be it's interesting to know who pull the trigger on that. Zach Charbonnet? UCLA guy going back to LA, like to Zach Charbonnet to the Chargers to play that, you know, goal line larger you know, play that Josh Kelly role, but actually oh, be not tried, Yeah, and, you know, he'd be really good in, say, two to three years' time when Austin Eckler um, inevitably regresses. Maybe that could be a spot that's sort of a bit underrated. Um, as far as wide receivers go, I think it would be cool to see Jalen Hyatt get taken to a place where a team can utilise his deep threat ability um, and if not him maybe like a Josh Downs type to play like a slot role for a really good team um, and then the real quarterbacks left are Will Levison, Hendon Hooker and tight ends sort of there's for a deep tight end class not many seem to go so I don't know you got any flashing lights where you want to see players go Frank? I think it might be interesting to see Will Levis fall to the Las Vegas Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo stuck being the heir, you know, the, uh, the mentor quarterback role again. Um, but I think, you know, someone that if he falls far enough could be um, an option for the Raiders. Um, as far as the running back position, you mentioned Zach Charbonnet um, to Miami. I'm more of someone that would like to see Miami just sort of play the draft a little bit better and not spend that second round draft capital on someone like Zach Charbonnet. And possibly, you know, have a crack in possibly the third or fourth round and get someone like Kendra Miller, who I've really liked um, coming into the draft. That's probably one I'd like to see. Um, Wide receiver position is a difficult one. Um, Obviously, you had the big four sort of come off the board now. Um, I wasn't really too keen on the others um, going in. But if I had to, possibly Josh Downs to the Indianapolis Colts, maybe giving um, Anthony Richardson another target outside of Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman being, you know, a slightly bigger target um, than Josh Downs. Josh Downs being someone that they can, um, you know, throw a lot of balls to over the middle, get open, um, things like that. You know, excels in zone coverage as well. So I think that might be a nice little landing spot for the, um, on the Colts. Yeah, maybe Panthers, Josh Downs early round two, just to. Um give Bryce Young some love. Frank, before we close, I want to um, I want to do an exercise. Let's draft all the players that went in the first round. So not, you know, we're not drafting Zach Charbonnet. We're not drafting, um, you know, Will Levis or Hendon Hook or anything. Let's draft the nine um, skill position players. So... Bijan, A. Rich, Bryce Young, Stroud, Smith and Jigba, Gibbs, QJ, Addison, Zay Flowers, Dalton, Kincaid. Let's draft them all in the order you would draft them. Um, Frank, I'll give you the 101. And, oh, you know, or well, I can have that if you want, whatever. Um, no, no, you've, you'll have enough time to play around at the 101. Um, well, none other. Hasn't changed. Never will. Should never have changed even at any point going into this uh, this draft. B. John Robinson, 101. Where are you going, 102, Joel? I think I know. I think you mentioned it earlier, but just confirm with us. I would take Anthony. 
I would take Anthony Richardson. God, you're good. I would take A. Richard, the one, two. All right. Well, I'm at the one, three. Um, I'm going to take my quarterback one at the one, three. You're pretty happy if you're getting your QB one um, in a super flex rookie draft at the one, three. Give me Bryce Young. Um, and then I think at this stage, I would take the last of the three big quarterbacks. I would take CJ Stroud at the 104. And I, Frank, this this is, I think, the spot that gets a bit interesting for people. Yeah, this is a spot where I think I think I clearly have JSN and QJ um, in a position where they're pretty much neck and neck for me. So if you're at the 104, 105, um, I mean, not to be controversial as well, I would have QJ ahead of um, Jimmy Gibbs as well, but not a knock on Jimmy Gibbs. Um, I just really like the Los Angeles Chargers landing spot. Um, I think JSN was my wide receiver one going in. He was the number one wide receiver taken off the board. Yes, the immediate success may not be there because of the weapons Seattle have already, um, but I think he's the best wide receiver prospect in the draft. Give me JSN at the 104. That'll be the 105. Sorry, 105. Forgive me. And then I would take Jimmy Gibbs at the 106. Yeah, not even not even that Justin oh, Herbert loves. Does that not, you know, tug on your heart nah. just a little bit? I'm taking the running back that catches passes, drafted 12th overall. I do like the way you put it. When you put it like that, it makes that decision um, a little bit more difficult for me. But I think I would still. Why well, just there? At the end of the day, I get his top overall, but he's a running back in dynasty fantasy football, and they just get so much disrespect, Joel. I would take Jimmy Gibbs over JSN. Okay. Call me a psycho. No, well, I, I, I won't. Well, you know, if he's someone that. Yeah, I believe when I was watching the draft um, broadcast, they, you know, they called him, you know, little Jamal Charles. You know, if you can put up something like that, then you know you're not looking very silly, Joel. So, um, well, you know, remains to be seen what he can do at the next level. But if he's getting comp- uh, comparisons like that, you'd be very happy um, going into your rookie draft and coming away with Jameer Gibbs. Um, like I said before, I would go QJ at that next pick as well. Really like the landing spot. Think he's going to be um, a really great player. And then I think at the eighth pick, I would probably take, oh, God. I think Jordan Addison will be better in real life, but I kind of think Zay Flowers will be better in Dynasty and he's attached to Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to take Zay Flowers at the 108. Yeah, I I actually like Addy um, a little bit better there. Um, with his landing spot, yeah. I'll probably go Jordan Addison. Just I like Zay Flowers That's... more going into the draft, and you know, and then Zay Flowers gets picked ahead of him, and then you know the process doesn't quite make sense. But I, yeah, I think just Jordan Addison is going to be someone that he comes in and he gives you like a wide receiver twenty, wide receiver twenty four year in his first year, like we saw Garrett Wilson do. Like the price point, Jordan Addison becomes huge, um, and obviously the same thing for Zay Flowers, but. Um, I don't know. I think it's just a, a, a place where he can thrive um, from day one. Yeah, and then obviously um, we're only left with Dalton Kincaid after that. Um, yeah, good exercise for those with, um, you know, rookie picks coming up and obviously the um, the running backs and wide receivers taken on day two and three and of the drafts will, um, will obviously fit into that sort of um, – into those tiers um, following. So, but yeah, good exercise, Frank. Yeah, it's been real, Joel, as the kids would say. Um, yeah, it's been good. Thanks for hopping on the mic with me. Do appreciate it. Um, always good to catch up and chat a bit of fantasy football. I'm looking forward to getting up tomorrow morning and having a look at, you know, the next, you know, couple of days of draft picks. going to be good. Um, good to see my Broncos get on the clock at some stage tomorrow. So that's going to be great. How are you looking forward to that, Joel? Yeah, um, hopefully you can take a running back um, to tank um, Javante Williams' value. That'd be cool. That that wouldn't be cool. We do have two picks in the early third round, so I'm very interested to see what we do there. Um, but, yeah, 
to close out, make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram at the fantasy at the fantasy addicts and on the Twitters at the FB addicts. Um, thanks again, Joel. Thanks for tuning in to all the listeners. Um, good luck in your rookie dynasty drafts. We are going to do a mock draft um, after the you know the NFL drafts complete. We know the landing spots, um, and that one's going to be you know sort of our final um, take on it all. You know, sort of closing out that you know that rookie draft period. Um, of the off season, then we start getting into the real football, Joel. Getting your lineups ready, you know. Buy sells. Who you trying to get? Who you trying to sell? Um, training camp. It's all going to come around really quickly, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, thanks again. Have a good night, and uh, see you on the next pod, Joel. Will do.